Welcome back to Bully Banter, the Commercial Dispatch Weekly Mississippi State Athletics Podcast. I'm Theo DeRosa, the sports editor, along with Colin Dams and Alex Murphy. We're here to talk about Mississippi State at 4-1, heading into this weekend's game against Arkansas. Bulldogs are back in the top 25, number 23 in the AP poll, in the USA Today coaches poll, looking pretty good. Mississippi State takes on Arkansas at 11 a.m. Saturday after a 42-24 win over then number 17, Texas A&M. For those of you that went to that game, watched that game, what did you think of that Bulldogs performance? Because I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's maybe one of the best games I've seen under Mike Leach. And, um, it, you know, the, the, this is a program that has won against ranked teams pretty often under Mike Leach, even when they haven't looked that great, um, particularly his first season. But now, I mean, this is an offense that looked like they were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted. Uh, they the defense had a bit of a tough time in the second half. Um, I think out of the 15 minutes in the third quarter, they only gave the ball back to their offense for about a minute and a half or so. Um, they were on the field for a really long time. And the fact that they stuck through and, uh, you know, kept the Aggies from taking momentum in that game was uh, really a credit to them. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, watching the game with Colin in the stands, um, I, I will say, and I said this before, and I think I put it in whatever the note uh, game notes thing notebook was before. I wanted them to run the ball, and I was like, they need to run the damn ball because I understand that the R8 offense, you know, it aids itself and lends itself to throwing the ball more. But this is a team that can run the ball. This is a team that's shown that they've run the ball this season, and finally. Finally, we, we saw that in, I would say, in full force for Mississippi State standards against a and um, a team that's that's had vulnerabilities uh, in its rushing defense. They looked really, really good. They helped expose um, A&M's front seven, which, you know, allowed Will Rogers to not really do that much in the pocket. I think he, um, with that late touchdown reception that he had, I, I forget if it was in the third or fourth quarter, just because all of the plays end up starting to blend together at some point because they scored 42 points. But um, the uh, that late touchdown pass before that, he only had like 225 passing yards, but he didn't really need to do much because the running game was working so well, they were going to it consistently. And then from there, he was able to, you know, just do like, you know, one out route here, uh, get ducking in the end zone um, uh, for that one receiving touch. Like they didn't really need to do too much in the passing game because the rushing game was so uh, successful. And I think that that really, really helped out in that game. And, you know, obviously the defense played really, really well. They had the, um, uh, the, a block kick block six, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, but that was really, really cool to see. Uh, and it, it was a really, really impressive performance. I was, I was waiting for them to have that game where they actually ran the ball more. And I think that the more that they've continued to trust the run game and the more that it's worked, I think the more that that's going to say in the future, we can continue to push this and we can continue to go to this because it's going to work because it's worked in previous games. Yeah, Mississippi was- ran for about 144 yards on AM, also passed for 329 with Rodgers. I got to say, AM did not look like the number 17 team in the country. No. Mississippi State, of course, played really well, but you watch the AM team, it's like, okay, where where is their strength here? Where are they supposed to be good? And yeah. maybe that's a credit to State, but yeah, AM was not impressive on Saturday. But, 
they ran the ball pretty well and that, I mean, that allowed them to eat up clock and have really long drives, you know, some of which didn't go anywhere and they got, you know, those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But other than that, I mean, this was a blowout. Mississippi state was by far the better team and they were, it wasn't just preparation on the day. I think that Mississippi state's offense is far more talented than A&M's. You know, we talked about it before with Max Johnson, we've seen what he can do at LSU and he's not going to take a team to the next level. Um, this was an AM team that came into the season with a lot of questions at quarterback, and they still have a lot of questions. Um, I think they might be better off with uh, Haynes King. Um, he looked okay. They were able to move up and down the field pretty well. And he compli- complimented the run game more uh, with a chain, um, or, or sorry, a chain, um, which is a very cool way to pronounce your last name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Mississippi State's seen like three or four backup quarterbacks get into these games. Arizona had one. I think Bowling Green had the backup start the entire game. So not really the game plan that, you know, they were expecting going in. And maybe Arkansas is going to have a backup quarterback because K.J. Jefferson is definitely questionable questionable at best for this game on Saturday. He took a hit to the head against Alabama. Sam Pittman said he hadn't practiced yet and that if he doesn't practice today, he will not generally be able to play on Saturday. That's kind of a team rule for Arkansas. Having him unavailable makes a lot of difference. He's run for over 300 yards. He's obviously a very good passer. And having Cade Fortin would probably be the guy to take the snaps behind him. Fortin didn't really play much at USF last year, transferred in, got some snaps against Alabama, but I think there's a pretty big drop-off there. Mississippi State has said it; it's not going to prepare any differently no matter who's the quarterback. But I feel like you kind of have to when you're facing you know, a guy who's more of a rushing threat versus a guy you, A, don't know much about, and B, probably doesn't have that much of a rushing advantage uh we'll see which quarterback shows up but if jefferson is out that makes what i think is already a mississippi state advantage even bigger yeah he's he kind of embodies the toughness that you've come to expect from arkansas these past couple of years i mean this was a program revived um under sam Pittman, and kj jefferson was a big part of that um you know not just as a runner but as a vocal leader on the offense and as a passer as well um Last year, obviously, Traylon Burks got a lot of the hype and, you know, for good reason. He had a great game against Mississippi State last year as well. But part of what troubled Mississippi State against Arkansas last year so much was they just couldn't stop them on offense. They they were just such a tough running team that could hit you in the air as well when they needed to. So that that could be a really big advantage for Mississippi State uh, this weekend. And, you know, on top of Mississippi State having some momentum now. Yeah, the only thing that really worries me about Arkansas's offense, if you're Mississippi State, is Raheem Sanders. He's run for over 600 yards on 100 carries so far, averaging 5.5.8 yards per carry. Now Mississippi State's Dylan Johnson's averaging six. Uh, Woody Marks, 5.4. So the Bulldogs have been pretty dang good there. But Sanders has just had the rushing accumulated total so far, leads the SEC in rushing yards. Do you guys think that'll be a problem for Mississippi State's defense? Because they do rank... 81st against the run. So it's not exactly like a great run defense for MSU. Well, I wanted to say something quickly about the, um, about the drop-off when it comes to the backup for Arkansas. I mean, uh, I think I've already talked about USF before on this podcast this season. Uh, and I have a bunch of friends who go there, um, uh, family members, close friends that, that work at the university. I love the university. It's great. Shout out Shane McClanahan, but uh, the football team there is abysmal. Like it's, really really bad and it hasn't been good in some time so that drop off is is not just like significant it's it's 
really, really bad. Like they haven't had a good quarterback since Quentin Flowers. And that was quite a bit ago. So it is like, that's not good. There is, there is significant drop off there. So I think that that's important to uh, know, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Sorry. Sorry to all the USF fans that are listening. Sure. We have a lot. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Colin, continue with the rushing stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is going to make or break it for Arkansas probably because uh, Theo, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. Arkansas is 124th when it comes to yards per game allowed against passing teams. And that's really bad. Um, if, if they can't stop Mississippi State's offense, you know, if Mississippi State are able to be as complete as they were against Texas A&M, and as, uh, let's be honest, this is what they've been trying to do all season. They've been trying to set up this sort of offense that's more balanced. And they've, you know, they had a really successful run at it last weekend. Arkansas has got to be able to run the ball on offense because that's their best bet at scoring. And I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with Mississippi state otherwise. Yeah. The only possible good thing about Arkansas defense is that they're second nationally in sacks. Drew Sanders, the transfer from Alabama already has six and a half of his own. I think Mississippi state only has eight or nine, or I think 12 as a team. So Sanders has like half of state's total, basically that getting pressure on Rogers is just about the only area where I can see Arkansas affecting the quarterback and changing the game. And I don't know if it'll be enough against a pass offense that gets the ball out quickly and like spreads it around the field like state does. That that has been a problem for state though, is uh, pass protection. I mean, they were better about it against A&M, but that is really the, the way that you shut down this offense is you don't let them get more than three or four plays on a drive. Yeah. And I think it's really, really interesting to note that, you know, it's probably going to come down to state passing the ball more because of the fact that, Arkansas is really, really vulnerable in their own pass defense versus Arkansas running the ball against State, who isn't really that, you know, is kind of more middle of the pack, but still not really that great when it comes to a rushing defense. So whoever can, uh, I guess, you know, best take advantage of the vulnerabilities of the other team in those specific departments is going to, I feel like, come out on top. And, and knowing that State has had success uh, especially in the passing game. And, you know, as we know with the R8 offense, they've had it for um, a couple of years now. But, uh, you know, Rodgers is still looking really, really sharp this season under center. If they can take advantage of that without letting up sacks and 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 protecting him in the pocket, uh, then I think it's going to go state's way pretty comfortably, especially with the quarterback situation that Arkansas might have to go uh, into Saturday with. Yeah, and the O-line did look really good against AM. They didn't allow a mm. sack, even with – Dollar Bill Johnson out. Nick Jones went over to left tackle. Steven Lasoya from Middle Tennessee came in at left guard. They looked really solid. And if they can do that again, which may be a bigger if against that Arkansas pass rush, that is basically the recipe to winning this game. And that's something I have Mississippi State doing. Tried to write out my score prediction today and came up with Mississippi State 31, Arkansas 21. What are you guys feeling for Saturday? Hmm. The line is about six and a half, seven points, if that helps. Yeah, I think that that's pretty – see, see, I was going to say, because last week wasn't the line like like three and a half, and I thought it was going to be a close game, but then it turned out to not be. Um, I, I still think that that's a good line. I mean, a touchdown I think is a good line there. Um, and, you know, staying within that, you know, touchdown to two touchdown range I think is good. I'm going to say 34-17 Mississippi State. I'm going to say 38-24. to 24. Um I'm going to expect 
Mississippi State kind of goes into the fourth quarter feeling a little bit comfortable and Arkansas gets a couple of garbage time touchdowns. Yeah, it's kind of what happened against AM, except Mississippi State just kept scoring at the end. Yeah, that's true. I had it as like 20 to 15. I mean, it was 21 to three. And then it just kind of the offense just came up in there. I mean, both teams scored three touchdowns after that, yeah. like the second half. So not really I, what I was expecting from AM though. I, I think this is a really I mean, as important as the AM game for Mississippi State because Last season, we saw this sort of starting and stopping when it came to the team finding itself and getting momentum and being able to run over these teams with, you know, a very talented offense. And Will Rogers, who, you know, people still have some questions about. And, you know, in terms of looking at him as an NFL prospect, I understand those, but he is a almost perfect quarterback for the, what the system that Mike Leach is trying to run. And he's done a great job of executing that. So if Mississippi State fumble in this game and you know they they don't get the result that they want i worry what that means for this team because we've seen that happen before but um i do think they'll get it done and i think that this is where they start to turn a corner yeah i see what you're saying i mean at home against an arkansas team that might not have its quarterback whose secondary is not only bad but banged up you kind of have to win this game if you want to continue to have the season that they're having and if you do then you're five and one you're headed into Kentucky with, you know, a lot of momentum. That's a good sign. And uh, for more on Arkansas, we spoke with Christina Long. Christina covers Arkansas for the Times record in Fort Smith. And she talked to us a little bit about the Razorbacks. Arkansas coming into this game three and two. What were the preseason expectations for them? And how have those expectations maybe changed after the start that they've had? Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how the attitude around this team, as far as the fans go, has changed so quickly. I mean, before the season, the expectations were high because last season went so much better than expected. And I think people knew how hard this schedule was. I mean, Arkansas's non-conference slate is Cincinnati, BYU, and Liberty later. And then they had Missouri State, too, who's, you know, one of the better teams in FCS. So... It was a really hard schedule, and I think everyone knew that, but I think the expectation was, you know, you get your starting quarterback back, you get most of your offensive line back, you know, you you hit the portal pretty hard and get some really exciting players there. I think there were questions, obviously, with, you know, the star receiver, Traylon Burks, you know, not being back. I think there were concerns there, but I think people really thought that this team was going to be able to really contend with this schedule, and I think, honestly, if they had beaten A&M or at least not lost in the way that they did we would be at a little bit different point as far as the perception of of this team right now I think one thing that Sam Pittman has has brought up is that they lost three in a row last season um, before going on to win I think five of their last six so it's kind of this weird stretch where they're in the really hard part of their schedule Mississippi State is the first of three road games for them in October so they're hitting this really tough part of this already tough schedule and so I think it's hard coming into this game on a two-game losing streak. Um, but I think, you know, the season doesn't feel like a wash yet, you know. I mean, there's concern with KJ Jefferson maybe being out, but um, I think there's still, you know, there's still a healthy amount of hope. Yeah, it sounds like Jefferson is in wait-and-see mode after being hurt against Alabama. Do you think he's going to play Saturday? And if not, what does Cade Fortin bring to the table? I really don't know if he will play Saturday. It, it really just depends. Um, Pittman would not say if he was in concussion protocol. Um, he said after the game on Saturday that he had hit his head, 
Um, he came back in for a, one snap, I think. He came out when he got hit. They put Fortin in, um, and then they put KJ back in for a play, and then after that he was done. So um, he would not say if he was actually – if it was a concussion. He dropped kind of a weird hint where he was like, we – sometimes we get – he said KJ has mild symptoms, did not say what the symptoms were of, um, and then said sometimes guys come back in three or four days, and sometimes they're out for 27 days. So it sounds like, you know, he's really wanting to leave that open for a possible return. Um, again, we don't know if it's a concussion. We don't know what it is, but um, we're, I, I honestly don't know what, if, if he'll play. But as far as Fortin goes, Fortin came from South Florida. He's a walk-on transfer, um, and he's a redshirt senior. And he was not the consistent starter at USF. So it's it, it, we don't know what he brings. You know, Pittman has liked him in practice, but pretty much every time we've asked about him or the other backup quarterback, Malik Hornsby, um, they've said that they basically said that they brought Kate in because they needed some depth at quarterback and they wanted to be able to experiment with Hornsby at wide receiver. Hornsby hasn't been fully moved over to receiver. He's still, you know, functioning as a quarterback. But basically any, everything we've heard about Fortin is he was brought in because he allows them to experiment with Hornsby. So they see him as more of a passer, whereas Hornsby is more of a runner. Hornsby's really fast. Um, you know, he's not a KJ-type runner where he's going to bowl you over and function like a running back, but he's really, really fast, and that's why they've used him at receiver. And they see Fortin as more of a passer. So... Fortin's really kind of an unknown. So if he does end up getting that start, it's going to be new for everybody. Alabama gashed Arkansas' defense for 555 total yards. Will Mississippi State be able to find that kind of success against the Razorbacks? And if not, what does Arkansas have as an edge on defense? Yeah, I think the biggest concern right now is Mississippi State against this Arkansas secondary. It is a an injury-ridden secondary. It is a secondary that is struggling with tackling in the open field, and, you know, Will Rogers is obviously a, a really big threat against that kind of, that, those holes in the secondary, and I think there's definitely concern about how many how many receiving yards they're going to give up and how much Mississippi State will be able to do through the air, but I also know Mississippi State is doing a little bit more on the ground this season, so Arkansas's defensive line has been really strong, and they've done a really good job of pressuring quarterbacks, so the key for Arkansas is going to be putting some pressure on Rodgers, um, you know, getting to the quarterback more. They lead the country in sacks. Um, and it's going to be more about that and maybe trying to force him to make some poor throws to kind of cover up for some of those ills in the secondary. If you're comfortable making a prediction, how do you see Saturday's game going? I have tentatively picked Mississippi State to, to win. Um, I haven't come up with my score prediction just yet, but... I really do think that this, you know, Mike Leach air raid, as everybody loves to talk about, is not a good matchup for this banged-up Arkansas pass defense. I think the the defensive line will get to Rodgers a decent amount. I think that they'll continue to put pressure on him the way that they did, the way that they have against really all of their opponents, but I don't think it's going to be enough, um, especially if Mississippi State can also mix in a strong rushing attack. So I do think Mississippi State will get this win. Um being on the road is hard for them. This is their first true road game for Arkansas. And with Jefferson maybe not starting, we really don't know what Fortin can do. And this would be, you know, his first significant game action since last November. So we really don't know what to expect from him. And, and I'm, I'm thinking Mississippi State gets the win. 
This week, we're also welcoming in Michael Katz from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Ole Miss, 5-0. and oh, How about that? Yeah, it was. Uh, they they didn't make it uh, simple last weekend uh, with uh, playing a very good Kentucky game, uh, Kentucky team uh, about four different times in the last five minutes. I thought I was going to have to rewrite my story. So luckily, uh, they did not force me into that. Uh, Ole Miss won a, a kind of an, an ugly defensive game against Kentucky, twenty two nineteen. Um, it was, uh, you know, it's it's one of those games that I don't know if we've necessarily seen. Ole Miss win. I think we all expect them to have these this prolific offense and Lane Kiffin and the passing game and, and, and all that stuff. But uh, they won a game that um, in a style that we're not really used to. And uh, I, I think it was aside from obviously getting a win over a top 10 team. Uh, I think it was just a, a good style of win to show that they could do it in different ways. How did Jackson Dart look now that he's kind of been the established starter for a couple of weeks? He, uh, you know, he's still kind of at the point where he'll have that that one, what are you doing, throw uh, a game. Sometimes, sometimes he doesn't, but he did uh, against Kentucky. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like one play here or there. And I think that's part of the growing pains of a 19-year-old who, uh, you know, I think everybody thinks he's older than he really is because he's played at USC last year, but uh, he still really is a true sophomore who, you know, he'll start a few games at SC last year. Um, you know, it's 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 a work in progress, but um, what he adds to the running game and his ability to stretch the field, um, I think it's not quite there yet. But I think by, you know, the bye week, probably before the bye week, um, I think that it's, it's going to look different and it's going to look better. Reading your Vanderbilt Q&A over the Vanderbilt writer you spoke with said basically the only way for Vanderbilt to win this week is through Ole Miss mistakes. How likely is Ole Miss to make enough mistakes that Vanderbilt does win that game? I mean, I think it would have to be, uh, I don't, I don't want to put like a number on it, but it would have to be a lot of mistakes. Uh, I mean, yes, Ole Miss has, has had some problems with, with fumbles and, uh, and interceptions, but they've, they've recovered a lot of those fumbles, which is a weird, a, a weird stat. I don't, I'm not sure what the, the science behind that one is. Um, but, you know, ultimately this is a Vanderbilt team that is very improved on offense. I think they're up almost 20 points a game, but that defense is still not very good. It's still at around 33 ish points per game. Um, Ole Miss is going to do what it does. They're, they're, they're going to run the ball. Um, it, I don't think it matters who they're going against at this point. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to ask Dart to make some big throws. And I think we're more likely to see him play that mistake-free football uh, against Vanderbilt than he was against Kentucky. Um, I, 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 you know, I, a lot of things could absolutely go wrong. I just don't, I just don't think enough is going to happen. I think Ole Miss wins this one fairly comfortably. Yeah, any projected score you kind of see going on? I I think I had forty eight to twenty. I, again, I I think I think they're gonna put up some points, maybe when it doesn't matter. Uh, but you know they they are playing pretty well right now. Obviously, the Alabama game was not a great indicator of of where they are. A lot of people look bad against Alabama. I think it was fifty five to three before their bye week, but. Uh, you know, they've got a true freshman quarterback in there. O Ole Miss has done a, a good job of, of, of making opposing quarterbacks look kind of bad. And for I, I think they're going to be tough on a true freshman. 
uh, they're going to pin their ears back and get after him. Um, I think they might score some touchdowns late, but I, I think I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points, and uh, I think it should be a three or four touchdown win. Sounds good, Michael. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, good luck on the trip to Nashville. Thanks, guys. Before we wrap it up today, we're going to talk about some college football picks this week. Still have a commanding lead over Alex and Colin, so thanks for uh, not doing as well, guys. I appreciate it. We're going to start off with the SEC this Completely week. Completely unnecessary. Valley. Yeah, maybe. Tennessee taking <laughs> on LSU in Baton Rouge. Still have Tennessee winning that game, even though LSU has climbed back into the top 25. How about you guys? You know, Theo, I'm tempted to just pick against you every time now, just in the hopes that it, I don't think that's a good happen. idea because I think it's going to mess you up more than you think. Well, it already has, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just trying to I'm trying to help you out here as a friend. Um, I, I'm also just a believer in this Tennessee team. Um, I really like Hendon Hooker. I really like how this team plays. It just seems like there's so much different um, mentality wise from past Tennessee teams. And I'm still very unconvinced by LSU um, going in and needing luck to win against the current Auburn team doesn't really seem that good to me. So uh, yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee on the road in this one. I, I like Tennessee. Tennessee's look strong. Uh, they've, they've definitely, I think, I don't want to say exceeded expectations, but they've definitely been a much better team than I think that we've seen in years past. So uh, even, even against LSU um, and you know, as we've seen with state, they've, they uh, had some struggles in in, um, uh, in Baton Rouge, but I think that Tennessee should be able to pull it out. I just realized I have games from every major conference except the Big Ten this week, so I kind of like it that way. Oof. Well, are, are there any good Big Ten? I mean, Maryland's playing Purdue, but that's not really that good. Michigan, Indiana, and Michigan State, Ohio State did not make the cut. Ohio yeah, State are 27-point road favorites. 27-point road favorites. What, what's uh, what's the line for Michigan State, Ohio State? Because that's not good. Because Michigan State looked terrible against Maryland last week. <laughs> I literally just said it, Alex. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought that you said that, that was Michigan, not, not Michigan no, State. Sorry. Ohio State are 27-point favorites on the road. And Michigan is favored yeah. by 22 at Indiana. So Yeah. yeah. Comparable. Instead, we're going to do TCU at undefeated Kansas. Both teams undefeated, in fact. I think this is the week it ends for the Jayhawks, but maybe I'm just a Kansas hater going with TCU. Yeah, that win against Oklahoma just looked really – it looked like the announcing themselves for TCU. And Kansas also has to deal with, like, a little bit of hype now. I mean, that's where college game day is going to be, isn't it? Yep, um, first time ever. Yeah, I, I got to pick TCU. I Well, what? You, you picked TCU, right, Theo? I did. All right, I'll go Kansas just for the hell of it. Well, I was actually – I was curious. But I, I think TCU will <laughs> I think I'm going to lean more towards Kansas just because I want to see how they play at home as a ranked team for the first time in a while against a TCU team that just upset Oklahoma. Like, like there's a lot of things that are kind of lining up to where this is a really, really, really good gauge – for where we could see Kansas end up at the end of the year. And I'm not expecting them to be a team that's going to compete for the college football playoff because that's just an, an insane statement. But uh, I think it would be really, really interesting to see how they could compete in the Big 12 for the rest of the year. And I want to see how they play against TCU. Uh, and having already played well in a sold-out crowd at home against a, um, you know, a relatively decent Iowa State team. I know that they pulled out a close win there, but I, th I think it's going to be interesting, but I want to see how Kansas does, so I'm going to pick them. More Big 12 with the Red River rivalry. Texas at 
versus Oklahoma in Dallas. I picked Texas. Uh, thought about doing Oklahoma, but it, uh, apparently I wrote down Texas. <laughs> I mean, this is like it, it feels almost impossible to pick. It's like I know it's Justin like terrible terrible about right both of these teams to know that neither of them are very good. Quinn Ewers isn't supposed to be back until later this year, right? I'm not sure. I don't think he's back just yet. I, yeah, I don't think that he's going to be back for this game. Um, I was tempted to pick OU, just, you know, see them rebound from... Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know enough to differentiate his team, so I, I guess I'll go Oklahoma because they usually win. I was going to go Oklahoma because I want to see how Gabriel does after that loss. Um, I think he, he didn't get injured or anything like that. I'm not I going crazy. I have gotten hurt. I, I don't remember. Maybe he'll be playing but, Okay, but still, I want to see how they play, um, and I'm not convinced by either of these teams. Definitely not convinced by Texas. Um, I understand Bijan is really, really good as a running back, but you know, if they can find a way to stop him in some capacity and limit their um, uh, their passing offense without Ewers as the um, QB, I think that they should be fine. But it, it's always a good game at the Cotton Bowl. So, but I'm going to pick Oklahoma for this one. Sounds good. To the Rose Bowl, Utah at UCLA, going with Utah in front of like twenty five thousand people in the Rose Bowl. Twenty five? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. You, you know, you uh, added three zeros to that that were unnecessary. Twenty five people. Well, there's at least like thirty of them playing, so you know. Yeah. Twenty five fans in the stands. Not, not. I mean, who knows? Utah might travel well for this game. It could be a home crowd for them. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Utah too. I do think it's interesting that UCLA is undefeated at this point, but um, the fact that the culture is not excited about them kind of worries me. <laughs> very very non convincing unbeaten record so far for UCLA, and you know it's it's just so like I don't, I don't get the thing with them going to the Big Ten. I, I know it's not for football or whatever it is, but who knows? It's they're they're not gonna care. It's not gonna be sold out, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Utah. Uh, I like Utah in this game. Uh, again, very, very unconvincing, unbeaten UCLA team. But maybe they prove people wrong this week. Hmm. We've got the Holy War game, BYU at Notre Dame. That was a tough one for me, but I ended up going with Notre Dame, see if they can rebound and beat BYU at home. Yeah, the fact that it's in South Bend uh, has me worried picking against Notre Dame, but um... – I also feel pretty confident most of the time when I pick against Notre Dame. So I'm going to go with BYU. I mean, Notre Dame did lose at home to Marshall, so I don't really think it's that much of a home field advantage anymore. They have not looked that good this year, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess unfortunately. It is in prime time, though. So they find it. They, they have that exclusive deal with NBC. They'll put they'll, they'll find a way to put it any game in prime time. That's that's Notre Dame if they can. Um Again, I'm not really convinced greatly by either of these teams. I guess I would have to pick BYU if I was going to pick one of the one or the other, just because Notre Dame really hasn't impressed me. But BYU again hasn't impressed me as much as I would have thought because I know that they are sometimes sneaky good. So, uh, but you know, it should be a competitive game, tough game. But I think BYU will pull it out. I, I would assume like a one score game. So far, we have three games that I picked one team, and you guys have both picked the other team. So you could either gain three games on me or lose three more. And oh, we have one, one last game, Florida State at NC State. I thought NC State played pretty well at Clemson, and I'm going to pick them to beat Florida State at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced by Florida State. Um, I'm, I'm going with NC State as the home team. Their defenses look pretty good, too. 
Um, and Florida State, you know, kind of fumbling the bag at home in a meaningful game against Wake Forest as well. So I'm not really going to trust them on the road. Florida State let me down, so I can't pick them. I got to go with NC State. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna pick AM and Alabama, but um not I, really I, I am I do wanna just gauge your guys' thoughts, but I'm very interested to see if AM rebound in this game. Maybe not with a no. win, but the line? Mean, even when AM are bad, they play well against Alabama. What was 17, 24? I don't remember what the line is. It's twenty was. it's twenty-four points out. And it's at and I'm pretty sure it's at Bama because it they is. played at AM last it's year. It's in right? Tuscaloosa. Oh, that's right. It's yeah, in Tuscaloosa. Mind. That's gonna be a problem. Okay, well then yeah, no, it's yeah, Alabama by thirty. Bama covers. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it for our picks. Before we let you go, we're gonna talk about some other Mississippi State sports. First off, baseball releasing its 2023 schedule yesterday. They play Oklahoma in Ohio State and Cal in Frisco in an early season tournament. Games against Louisiana and Nichols in Biloxi. The uh, SEC schedule includes Vanderbilt, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. So that's pretty tough. And your season opener is against VMI in mid-February at home. Arizona State comes in the next weekend. So should be interesting slate. As far as sports currently going on, Mississippi State volleyball split with Arkansas over the weekend. Colin, you saw that Sunday match in which Arkansas won in five sets. What did you think of the Bulldogs volleyball team? Um, yeah, I mean, it, looking at the wider picture and giving more context to the game, Arkansas is a really good volleyball team. Um, I think they've only lost three matches this season so far, and they've won 11. So when they came in and they lost in straight sets on Saturday, I'm pretty sure that that you know, got in their heads and they wanted to respond to that. And that's what it looked like on Sunday. Um, Mississippi State won the first set pretty comfortably. And then for the rest of it, it was like they were just trying to make up ground on Arkansas. Um, they, they could hardly get the ball back and get any momentum going. Um, so, yeah, I, it's they've split games in their SEC schedule. They're now two and two. Um, but this is still a very talented team, and I'm sure that they're going to take this loss in stride. As far as soccer, Mississippi State remains unbeaten. They're hosting South Carolina on Thursday. Alex, what do you see from the uh, from the Bulldogs soccer team, and do you think they can stay unbeaten against South Carolina? Yeah, so much to the much to the excitement of Theo, uh, Mizzou played them really, really well on Friday, and it was a really, really tough game. It was one of those gritty games that uh, you know we, people talk about, especially in international European football, where it's like if you can grind out a, uh, a draw uh, in that and you get points at, uh, at the end of the day, it's a really, really good result. And I was uh, I went to media availability today and um, James uh, Armstrong, head coach, uh, was talking post game that it seemed like the team was was disappointed about the result, you know, compared to some more joyous atmospheres that he's seen in the locker room in previous matches. So it, it, it sounds like at this point in the season, knowing how good that they've been and knowing how long that they've been able to sustain the success, it sounds like these sort of results are ones that they're, they're disappointed in because they know that they could have pulled out a, vic, uh, a win at the end, but they weren't able to. So I think that that's really, really good um, moving forward, knowing that this team knows that they're good enough to beat, you know, certain teams in the SEC, but they don't have a um, easy challenge ahead of them in South Carolina, who's top 15 in RPI right now. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I believe that they were a top five team ranked by United Soccer Coaches. I don't know if either them or State are currently ranked this week in that poll, but I know that they're ranked in other polls. Uh, some of them have them in the – both of them in the top 15. 
So this is going to be a really, really good matchup between two teams. And I know a team that State has had uh, difficulties against in South Carolina previously, but it should be a really, really good match. It's going to be at home. Uh, they just set the I, two weeks ago. They set the program record for most attendance at a game. So I think that that should be either come close to being broken on Thursday, if not exceeded, just because people are starting to come out the games a lot more. It's you know really really good environments, good atmospheres. So it should be a really, really good one, but I think it's probably going to, be, other than the Arkansas match, it's probably going to be uh, State's biggest test of, test of the season to date. Sounds good. That'll do it for this week's episode of Bully Banter. We'll see you guys next week.